a great one. Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. 606, good morning. It is, in fact. It's um, Casper and Chris this morning. I'm Chris. Casper, again, not here. We expect that uh, he will be back at some point, mm-hmm. you know, when he decides to quit playing hooky and all that good stuff. <laughs> nah, he's got, what's he got, like 28 grandchildren? No, something like that. <laughs> Five grandchildren, maybe something. <laughs> you know, he had, between he and his wife, they had seven kids, so. Yeah, they're uh they're a, a little on the busy side. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we uh we welcome everybody to today's program. It's uh, not exactly warm out there, just 11 degrees today, Chris. You do not have very many shopping days left until Christmas, by the way. Christmas is Sunday. Have you done any oh, yeah, shopping? I, oh, I finished. You did everything online though, I'm guessing. I did, yeah. I uh, wasn't feeling terribly mobile, so I let other people do the delivering for me. Okay. Good job. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Uh, I will have sports here for you in just a couple of minutes. Not a whole lot going on in sports if you're, you know, particularly interested in the NBA. I guess we could give you some NBA scores, but, uh, <laughs> you know, not not a ton uh, plus, going on this week until we get always, to uh, Saturday, Sunday. There's always a riveting bowl game. Uh, there was one that yeah. I turned off last night when it was 31-3. to That was at halftime. Which was, which game was yesterday? Uh, let's see. the New Orleans Bowl. I'm oh, okay. Yeah, I I pay very little attention to the. It was a directional bowl, and by which I mean it was, uh, I think Western Kentucky against South Alabama. <laughs> yeah, not particularly. Well, you know, no, no huge. Uh, it's they're exhibition games, and I just I have a hard time getting real excited about exhibition games. Yeah. I mean, the Boise State bowl game, you know, that's that's right up our alley. We want to mm-hmm. see what's going on with the team and. I pay attention to that bowl game. We want to win like we did. Yeah, right up until the uh, New Year's Eve games, I really just kind of tune out. Not everybody's like that, as you know, Chris. But, I mean, the more bowl games, the more football, the better. But I just I can't get into exhibition games the same as I can't get excited about <laughs> preseason NFL preseason NFL? games. Yeah, exactly. yeah, just they're they're exhibitions. They're it's the Pro Bowl. It's not worth my time. So, so yesterday on uh, television, I turned on and watched. Volodymyr Zelensky, who is um, the uh, president of uh, Ukraine, uh, and he actually came to Washington, D.C. and spoke before Congress. It was a joint session of the uh, House and Senate, and uh, uh, maybe half the people looked like they were glad to see him. Uh, it, was, it was interesting. It was the first time he'd been outside Ukraine uh, to go anywhere mm-hmm. since the uh, war started with Russia. Uh, it was a uh, Basically a surprise visit, although it had been, uh, apparently, it, they'd been working on it for several months. Uh, if I were him, I'd stay. But no, he, he, you know, he's hanging in there. I mean, Ukraine is hanging in there. They're trying to fight a, a much bigger foe. And basically, he was here to say, thank you for the money. Can I have some more? Right. Um, yeah, he, he does need more support, clearly. They, they, you know, they need more tanks and, and weapons and, and whatnot. Well, that's um, what we do well here in the United States. We do tanks well. We do weapons well. Zelensky had indicated to uh, President Biden and also other senior officials in Washington that the U.S. was the very first country he wanted to visit when the time was right for him to travel. And uh, my guess is it's not right for him to travel, but he traveled anyway. Uh, told everybody, you know, Merry Christmas and, 
And basically, he just basically said, you know, if you do uh, give us a little bit more money, he said, you know, it's you're, it's not a handout. You're investing essentially in the future of the world because you really don't want Russia to have too many victories. Yeah, and I think a lot of people definitely agree with that position that, you know, by standing up now to Putin in Ukraine, Mm -hmm. you stand up against Russia and everything that Putin stands for and to a large degree, some type of tyranny. And and those are very good things. It's also very expensive. Yeah, true. And there there, oh, as always, there is a certain amount of there. uh, There's a certain percentage of Congress and a certain percentage of people in the United States who simply would prefer not to be involved either financially or just at all with another country mm-hmm. when our own country hasn't been threatened by anybody. Sure. So I know that he met, I say he, I mean, Zelensky met with President Biden. Mm-hmm. They were at the White House and then he later addressed Congress as they're set to vote on that $45 billion in emergency aid. So yeah. when I say it, it's expensive, it's ridiculously yeah, expensive. But, um, you know, I guess the United States overall, we're, we're ready to take on another, what's $45 billion to us that we don't have? The uh, Ukrainian president <laughs> crossed into Poland, uh, Poland, that is, early yesterday morning, according to Poland's uh, private broadcaster, TVN24, mm-hmm. uh, arriving at a train station in... Uh, <laughs> what I can only guess is pronounced uh, Premisil, a, a border town and the arrival point for many refugees who are fleeing the war, a lot of them going to Poland. Accompanied by the uh, U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, Bridget Brink, Zelensky was transported in a uh, U.S. embassy vehicle to an airport in uh, Reso, where he boarded a non I'm just guessing, by the way, on these, on these Polish towns. Yeah. Uh, where he boarded a nonstop flight that landed in uh, at Joint Base uh, Andrews uh, shortly after noon on uh, Wednesday. Carrying Zelensky to Andrews was a U.S. Air Force jet, a government plane typically used for cabinet secretaries and other dignitaries below the president and vice president. The White House didn't publicly announce the impending Zelensky visit until 1 a.m. Wednesday, waiting until they felt he was safely out of Ukraine. Didn't want anybody to stop him. When and I guess that's out. wise, you know. I mean, I, I could imagine they planned this well ahead of time. Everything was, okay, how are we going to make it so he can get from A to B to C mm-hmm. in one piece? And part of that is, you know, a lot like when they move the president around. They don't they don't announce it ahead of time. Well, they announce a little bit ahead well, of time. But the president of the United States is a lot more secure than the United States. Uh, everybody's always on a need-to-know basis. Right. I, remember they, the, I mean, they don't even tell you what route the president's going to take when yeah. he's on the ground. Well, the, the first uh, the first uh, time I ever experienced that, Reagan came to uh, Boise mm-hmm. when uh, it was I know, sometime in the early to mid-80s. And I uh, happened to be over at a friend's house. I was about 20 years old. And uh, they came on television, and uh, all they had announced was that Reagan was coming to town and what time, approximately. But as soon as they landed, they gave the uh, the press the, the route that they were taking because he was going to speak at the Morrison Center. Right. And so uh, they told the press what the route would be. And they said, okay, they're going to 
uh, leave the airport, get on the freeway, go down to Broadway, come all the way down Broadway to Boise Avenue, take Boise Avenue to Capitol, take uh, you know Capitol over to uh, University, and then there they are. And uh, the funny thing was, I was at a at a place on Boise Avenue. Okay, and yeah. there was there was another friend of mine. Uh, the, the one friend whose house it was was in uh, taking a shower. He had uh, slept in. And so another friend and I were waiting for him to do uh, something. Uh, and uh, we just said, hey, you want to go out and see Reagan pass by? And we said, okay. So we walked outside the apartment. And on Boise Avenue, they had cleared all the cars. There were there were no cars parked uh, in, in on Boise Avenue sure. that I could see. And every few blocks, there was a guy standing there. A Secret Service man was standing along the route. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting. So we walked out, and we were right close to Secret Service men, and, and I just turned to one guy, and I, I said, hey, is it okay if we stand here? And he goes, yeah, no problem. You know, looked us over. Uh, anyway, so we, we did see Reagan come by, and he actually waved at both of us because we were just standing by ourselves. Sure. You know? And we thought that was kind of cool. But they <laughs> they announced that, you know, the route just like basically when, it, when they were already uh, on the freeway. Yeah. So... Guess what? He'll be coming this direction. Yeah. Well, that's kind of cool. So there weren't crowds of people there, you know, watching to see where he was going to go. Sure. It's time for sports. All right. It's brought to you by the Pork Belly in downtown CUNA. I mean, they say swing in for amazing espresso. I mean, that sounds like a good idea for me right now. I need more coffee at this point, Nathaniel. If you could get me some coffee right now, that'd be great. Does, does he? Look, I, he has never the, looked so angry in his whole life as me just asking him. No, that. he has. Yeah, um, <laughs> you, you should see it when Casper's here. Anyway, oh, gotcha. um, he just he doesn't appear to be in a fetchy mood, and uh, my guess is right. he never will be. Right. All right, let's talk about what's happening in sports right now. I want to tell you first and foremost for Boise State football, the future we know is looking very very bright offensively. Taylor Green, Jainty, we have. Wide receivers, we have offensive linemen. We have tight ends now. We're stacked. What about coaches? Well, we have a new offensive coordinator now. And we are going to keep our defensive coordinator. Boise State defensive coordinator Spencer Danielson will bleed blue at least for two more seasons, we think. Bronco head coach Andy Avalos announced that yesterday. The approval of a final contract subject to the Board of of Education But Spencer Danielson does have a new contract with Boise State. He's been the Broncos' uh, defensive coordinator. He's been on staff since 2017. um, And defensive coordinator over the last two seasons, leading really one of the best defenses Boise State has had in school history. Boise State, one of 19 schools in the NCAA football subdivision to record at least 20 takeaways in both 2021 and 2022. And folks, if you don't believe turnovers help you win football games, you're not paying attention. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, maybe you haven't seen a football Turnovers game. are the deal. In college football, you create turnovers, you win ball games. It's that way in the NFL as well. Not so much in the high school ranks because there are lots of turnovers both for both sides. But if you record at least 20 takeaways a season... You're not going to keep that defensive coordinator very long, but he has inked a deal that will keep him here over the next two years. You know, unless somebody comes in and buys out his deal and makes him a head coach or takes him away to a power five school where they can afford to pay that thing off. But I mean, this is what was needed after 
Bush Hamden came in and, and did get a very nice contract. The Broncos were required to give their defensive coordinator something to keep him around, and they did. It's a good deal for the Broncos to keep Spencer Danielson where he is. KBOI News Time is 618. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Well, welcome back. It's Casper and Chris without Casper. Hi there, I'm Rick Worthington. <laughs> it is uh, 625 a.m. Can you read the temperature from over there? It's, uh, it says 11. 11, it yeah. Says it says 11 was... outside. Uh, when, I, when I was driving in my, uh, well, you know, I take uh, Uber, and uh, my Uber driver informed me that it was 12 when I got in, and that uh, earlier it had been 7. So, hey, you know, great. It's, uh, yeah. you it's know, up from 7. The good news is, I, I can tell you this, the roads were not icy at all. I was a little afraid of having ice on the ground this morning because we saw some rain yesterday. And I thought, well, if if it freezes not long after we see rain, it's just going to stick around. We're going to have ice, you know, from here to there, you know, until uh, until spring. Mm-hmm. But uh, it it worked out all right. There was no ice on the ground, not even in my neighborhood. It, it was this not is, very icy. This is the big season for furnace repair guys. Oh yes, it is. Uh, whatever preference you choose to keep your house cool or warm, uh, be cautious of temperatures. Uh, Keep it in maybe the 60s at your house. A lot of experts suggest 68. There are people I know who keep it at 74. Mm-hmm. Uh, ours has always been like, you know, 68, 67. I think we got used to that during the Ford administration. Sure. Anyway, the uh, last thing you want when temperatures drop outside is for your furnace to stop working. Uh, this is the busiest time of the year for uh, HVAC technicians who say they are totally slammed with calls and appointments to fix residential heating systems. This is why, you know, like in September, all the HVAC companies start advertising and say, hey, get it done now before the cold weather. Yep, they certainly do. I, I have been fortunate that uh, at my home, our our HVAC system has, has been in pretty good shape. Mm-hmm. But I did have Christmas where we, we had to have a rental home. This was not too long. You remember we had that big mold problem in my house? We oh had, yeah, we yeah, had to move yeah. out for a little you, while. Yeah, you guys had to leave the rental that we were in. Come back. The heating unit went out on Christmas Eve, and so that Christmas Eve we were all huddled around the fireplace, not because we really wanted to hang out next to the fireplace. It was the only source how, of heat in the house. How very cozy and traditional. It was just. It's like, well, <laughs> at some point we're going to be talking about this Christmas for a very long time. But yeah, it was. Yeah. It was definitely very cold out. KBOI News Time is six twenty eight. News is coming up next. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. KBOI News Time is 635. You ever heard of something called Holiday Heart? Holiday Heart. Holiday no, Heart. That, that's a new one on me. Uh, it uh, has to do with the fact that heart attacks spike in the last two weeks of December. Which, guess what? It is. Holiday heart. Yeah, the holiday season is filled with to-do lists, but uh, one should rise to the top, which is, of course, take care of your heart. Uh, Whether from stress, cold weather, or or falling out of uh, good habits in terms of eating, sleeping, and drinking because of the Christmas season, heart attack rates spike as much as 40% between Christmas and New Year's. That's according to uh, 
cardiologist Dr. Donald Lloyd Jones. Yeah, I was really hoping Holiday Heart had to do, uh, you know, with giving or you know, yeah, like something to do well, with you know you being can, in the holiday you, spirit. Yeah, you feel the spirit the of Christmas. You feel the spirit of Christmas in your heart. Yeah, that's one thing. It's that's not, not heart, what though. we're talking about yeah. here, though. He says that when we look uh, across the year in terms of heart attack rates, what we see is fairly constant rates week by week, with two exceptions. One is that there's a broad, shallow dip in summer months, and two, there's a very short spike of about 30 to 40% in the last couple of weeks of the year between Christmas and New Year's. It's a stressful time. Yeah. And apparently July, August, uh, you know, if you're sitting there having a beer or something, not quite as stressful. Yeah. Well, I mean, we would all like to <laughs> have a holiday drink. Toddy incident. By the way, can, can I ask you a question? Sure. Eggnog. Mm-hmm. Eggnog has never appealed to me. The stuff that you get out of the box that, you know, comes in a milk carton, that stuff's nasty. I mean, my opinion, clearly, yeah. not not everybody's opinion. Not Are you an eggnog I, drinker? I, oh, yeah, I've always loved eggnog. It's very, very fattening, though. Well, yeah. It's, I, pre- it's pretty much pure fat. I've, I've heard that as well. Um, and somebody said, oh, you would really like eggnog if you had it the right way. I was like, well, delivering it in a carton, same way you deliver milk, that's not the right way. And they said, no, no you got to put rum and you got to put some other things in it in order to make it yeah, my, so that it's really eggnog. My, my advice, uh, if you don't think you like eggnog, uh, but you still would like to have like an alcoholic eggnog drink, just put some rum in a glass and drink it. You know, I mean, that, don't waste your time. It doesn't sound like <laughs> a bad idea. I it's, like where your head's at. Chris. No, I news time is 637. <laughs> Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 6.43, coming up on sports here in just a couple of minutes. Um, Consumer confidence has improved in December, which they say is a hopeful sign for the economy. I'm sure glad we have so many hopeful signs for the well, economy. Well, there are so many folks out there that want to keep screaming recession, mm-hmm. you know, like if you say it enough times, it'll happen. And maybe that is, what, you know, between interest rates and uh, I sure see a lot of jobs out there available, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's usually recession is about no jobs available. You know, there there isn't any jobs to be had, and that's why the, there's a recession. Yeah. There's no shortage of jobs. But uh, this from CNN, they said American consumers' confidence in the U.S. economy grew in December as uh, high inflation continued to ease, according to data released uh, yesterday by the conference board. Mm -hmm. The business think tank's latest consumer confidence index registered 108.3 this month, a significant jump from the upwardly revised measure of 101.4 in November. Economists were expecting the uh, index to come in at 101, so 108, you know, pretty good. It's the highest reading for the index since April of 2022. Okay. Gee, clear back then. Yeah. <laughs> wow, six months. They, they act like that's, uh, you know, ancient history. Yeah. Last April, the uh, national average for regular gasoline dropped to 311 per gallon on Wednesday. We're so above average here. Yeah. According to a AAA. That is true. This is the lowest gas prices have been in the U.S. since July of 2021. But they're not low. They're just the lowest they've been. Yeah, I, I mean, that that's worth <laughs> definitely mentioning. Yeah. But it, it certainly is going to make 
travel a little easier for folks that are taking off for Christmas. You know, I'm I'm I've got a, a trip plan next week while we're all off. I'm gonna take my girls to Disneyland. Yeah, and you could save, you know, two or three bucks. I mean, we're not we're not driving. We we got our airplane tickets quite a while ago when mm-hmm. gas prices were really high, but was looking at, you know, some additional tickets yesterday and they weren't too bad. KBOI News Time 645. Time now for sports. All right. It's brought to you by the Pork Belly in downtown CUNA. Best breakfast and lunch in CUNA at the Pork Belly in CUNA, and they are eager to prove it to you. See the entire menu, porkbellyidaho.com. Got it? Porkbellyidaho.com. That should be the name of a town. Yeah. You can like them on Facebook. They have daily specials there as well, so check it out for the Pork Belly. All right. We're looking at Boise State basketball. The team is 10-2, heading into their last non-conference game of the season. It's at Santa Clara, and it's later on this afternoon. Bob Beeler with more on that. I am airing it, but it's clearly not playing. Games, the 6-2 senior. Hey, let's try that again. Boise State has been winning with Marcus Shaver Jr. out with an injury, missing three of the last four games. The 6-2 senior is the team's leading scorer, rebounder, and assister with 15 points, 7.5 rebounds, and 4 assists a game. Coach Rice was asked about Shaver's status. I'm trying to get out of no shave December as quick as I can. And same with him. He's trying to get out, too. You don't want it to be lingering for the next two months, either. He's close. He's real close. Broncos face Santa Clara, followed by Nevada next week to open Mountain West play. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. We'll give you a little more on Mountain West basketball coming up in our next sports segment at 7.15. Uh, and recruiting day yesterday, we probably should wrap that up as well, try and give you an idea of who all Boise State did sign. There were 20 kids in all that are new Broncos this year. KBOI News Time is 6.47. Download the 670-KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. KBOI News Time is 7.07. Casper and Chris in the form of uh, Rick and Chris today. Uh, Hi there. Hello. Uh, Our uh, damn near impossible question is uh, coming up at about uh, 8, 8, 17, 8, 18 this morning, roughly. Uh, you will at that time, don't call now, but at that time, the number to call will be 208-336-3700, and you will win, if you do, a $50 gift card to Biscuit and Hogs, plus a Mannheim Steamroller CD and some hot cocoa mix, something we only give away this time of year. It's all brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, a local company with a global network for all your real estate needs. Call 208-888-4128. Fairly simple question today. In response to the energy crisis, President Gerald Ford announced the creation of what on this date in 1975? Really? It was today in 75? Yeah. Okay. I'll be he, looking forward to that he answer. He announced the creation of what? I was one year old. On this date, 1975. Let's see, I would have been 10, uh, but only for that year. <laughs> yeah? No kidding. <laughs> well, it, it leaked into 76, but uh, yeah. This is the, the time of year, of course, where a lot of people, their energy bills start to soar a little bit. I saw mine spike. Mm-hmm. Normally, my... 
my uh, what I pay for gas on a monthly basis is pretty low. Uh, but my heating unit uses gas, mm-hmm. and so the price goes up quite a bit when we start to use the heat. So November was about a hundred bucks for gas, not mm-hmm. not incredibly high. This month, I expect it will be a little higher than that, but that's on top of what we use for power. Right. So it's like air conditioning in the summertime. <laughs> you exactly. know, my power the elect- spikes. The electricity goes right. Up. So I, I'm not spiking so bad on the electricity right now, but we are running a few more lights, Christmas lights and all the other things. But So, yeah, my energy consumption between power and gas, pretty high in December. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about this the other day, so I looked it up. Uh, how often do cars parking in front of a, of a store, you know, hit the accelerator and crash into the storefront? Mm-hmm. I mean, it happens here, I don't know, maybe once a year, maybe once every couple of years. Uh, it's almost happened to me before. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you know, when I was learning how to drive, thought I put it in park and didn't, started to get out of the car. And, uh, you know, not only had I not put it in park, I didn't turn the damn thing off either. And, I mean, that was, okay. you know, a learning experience. <laughs> that was very smart. Worldwide. I'll, I'll make you guess on this one. Worldwide. Uh, how often does a vehicle crash into a storefront? How often? Yeah. I I don't know. Let's say daily. It happens almost everywhere. How okay. often? A hundred times a day. Believe it really? or not. A hundred times a day, uh, a car, not the same one, uh, crashes into a storefront somewhere. So it's not particularly a rare phenomenon, um, hmm. considering, you know, what? That's 36,500 times a year. Uh, basically sure Uh, about 2600 people uh, a year are killed from that happening some of them inside the store some of them driving and about 16,000 others are injured i mean we see it here in boise all the time i mean somebody crashes into a store or their car rolls in through a door or something like that it does happen i mean so often that it's still newsworthy for us in the newsroom have you ever been sitting in traffic uh, like at a light and the guy in front of you uh, maybe was a little too far up, so he backs up a little. And then you're waiting for his backup lights to go off, and they don't? <laughs> no, I've not had that happen. But, I, I mean, I've seen somebody back up a little bit, but, you know, never leave it in reverse. Uh-huh. If you forget the car is in reverse, I mean, you are an accident waiting to happen. Yeah, that would, uh, that would definitely do it. Speaking of... Uh, when was the last time you did that? When was the last time you used or even saw a payphone? Oh, you know what? Um, I did see a payphone at a restaurant that I went to. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you you go around the the restroom area and there's a payphone there, and then there's the the, the two bathroom stalls. There's men's and women's, but they, there was still a payphone there. It wasn't a booth. What I don't see is the payphone phone booth anymore. Yeah. Those are you know. Almost entirely yeah. long gone. I mean, that's probably why Superman doesn't show up. Ah, yes. There's no, no yeah. place to change. Right. Uh, Mike Dank it lives in Philadelphia, and he heard a story about a guy in Portland, Oregon, who had put a payphone on his lawn. So Dank decided to do something similar. He bought some old payphones, changed out the guts, and is putting them around Philadelphia. The first one will start making calls this weekend at a small bookstore. For now, Dank is footing the cost of all the calls 
but he's hoping that people will drop some donations into the coin slot. But well, good luck with that. Basically, basically the ones he's putting out there, all you have to do is pick up the phone and call. You don't even have to put a coin in. Well, that's nice. He's just I hoping mean, people will volunteer to do that. I I would think that the first time he finds one of those pay phones that he put in out of the goodness of his heart gets destroyed or vandalized or which is, you know, one of the reasons why you don't see pay phones yeah. anymore is because the equipment was always breaking. Somebody was always smashing it up. A couple of uh, Nashville women have been charged with theft. Police say they were caught on video uh, stealing two guitars valued at uh, about $1,500 from a guitar center on, on November 1st. Just before closing, video evidence shows the women selling both guitars back to the guitar center the next day. Police say they were able to identify both suspects by cross-referencing Facebook profiles and screenshots of the security footage provided by the Guitar Center. They stole them from the place and sold them back to them the next day, apparently thinking they wouldn't recognize them. Well, they've seen about a million of these. They won't recognize this one that just got stolen. It's probably not the smartest move they could have made. And uh, I'm also thinking it's time maybe that they took their Facebook down. Speaking of people, <laughs> speaking of people not terribly bright committing uh, crimes, Michael Conley Lloyd pled guilty after robbing a bank in Springfield, Missouri, to prove a point to his girlfriend. Identified what? identified only as Ashley. The point he was making was not explained. Lloyd was destined to be caught anyway. He has distinctive tattoos and was wearing an ankle monitor as a condition of his probation from an earlier conviction. Smart dude. Huh. Still, he escaped with $754 in cash and called Ashley on his way home to tell her what he had done. Police quickly received a tip, uh, we assume probably from Ashley, telling them where to find Lloyd, and they went to his trailer ha- house and arrested him. And investigators say that he wrote his demand note on the back of his own birth certificate. <laughs> I think he proved his point if the point was that he uh, he's uh, a moron. Time for for sports. (laughs) And it's brought to you by the Pork Belly. Stop by the Pork Belly in downtown. Wow, say it again, Rick. Stop by the Pork Belly in downtown CUNA for a delicious breakfast or lunch. Large portions. They'll fill you up. They're at family-friendly prices as well. Can't beat that. Open every day, 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. So they are now open and ready to serve you at the Pork Belly in downtown CUNA. I understand that they are open seven days a week. But they are closed Christmas Day. Keep that in mind. But Christmas Eve, they're open, and that doesn't sound like a bad way to take care of the family that day. Boise State football head coach Andy Avalos and his staff signing 22 student-athletes yesterday. During National Signing Day, the class comprised of individuals from eight states and one foreign country. Germany, as we now know. California had seven recruits. Texas had six. Florida had two. By the way... That is the holy trinity of recruiting. California, Texas, and Florida. That's where you go. And Boise State did pretty good. Two from Washington, one from Arizona, one from Colorado, another from Idaho, one from Oregon, and of course from Germany. Ten of the newcomers play on the offensive side of the ball, including a trio of both offensive linemen and tight ends. Boise State also inked two wide receivers, a quarterback, and one four-star running back that's really, really good. Defensively, the Broncos signed 12 players, seven defensive backs, two defensive linemen, and two linebackers, and one edge rusher. 
Complete look at the signees, including a full roster and biographical information, can be found at Boise State's 2023 Signing Day Central page. You can find that at broncosports.com. KBOI News Time is 717. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI. And 723, Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper today along with Chris Walton. And we are looking at the Dow Futures down 218 points this morning as we check in with Jeremiah Bates. And Jeremiah, um, yeah, that that's not awesome. Uh, rally for U.S. <laughs> stocks appears to be coming to a halt this morning. Yeah, it was it was short lived, unfortunately, but it was a solid one while we had it. I mean, especially yesterday, you had all three major U.S. indexes finishing up close to one and a half percent. You had the Dow Jones Industrial Average finishing up five hundred points. Fast forward to today, looks like some of those uh, those gains will be giving back at least partially. So Dow Dow Jones is down about two hundred points. Really, what we're looking at is economic data that is. Good news for the underlying economy, but bad news for the market, one of which is initial weekly jobless claims. Uh, it did rise by 2,000. However, the total number came in much lower than estimated. Now, the concern there is that the if we don't see a deterioration in the, in the labor market, then the Federal Reserve has all the reasons to stay aggressive, meaning continuing to raise interest rates to bring down inflation, because uh, that's really what their goal is. They're trying to slow the economy down. As wild as it sounds, if we see a softening of the labor market, then that means that the Federal Reserve job, at least the way they're viewing it, is that it's, um, it's, it's working. So we have the weekly jobless claims that, that did, that did not come in that the market anticipated. And then we also have third quarter GDP, gross domestic product. It, the third quarter gross domestic product was revised up to 3.2% from 2.9%. So again, you're seeing the, you're not seeing the deterioration in the underlying economy that many are expecting. And if the economy is still running hot, I mean, people are still spending money, people, the labor market is still strong. The consensus is that the Federal Reserve has a lot more, has a, has a much steeper hill to climb. Now you factor in earnings reports. Now yesterday we saw some positive earnings reports for FedEx. Uh, we also saw it for, um, for Nike as well, which really kind of drove some of the growth that we saw in the market. Well, today is a little bit different, mainly for Micron. You have shares of Micron down almost 4% in pre-market trading. After their quarter, after their quarterly earnings came in, uh, came in lower than estimated. And they're also citing that they made, uh, doing about a 10% cut of its works for, of its workforce. So Wall Street's certainly not, uh, not in favor of Micron, at least today with shares down that big. So yeah, not much good news, uh, to digest for the market in today's early trading session. I think, um, oh, you know, will, on, will, will we see it drop more? Positive. Probably, probably not. <laughs> I think we'll be kind of be range bound in this moment, but, uh, yeah, this boring week of, Going into the holidays, not the case. Uh, we're seeing some down, some down, tr- some down sentiment on the stocks here today. All right. Uh, the real question is: Are you ready for Christmas? Did you get it all done, Jeremiah? Uh, well, one of my Amazon packages, unfortunately, isn't going to res- uh, arrive till the twenty eighth. Oh. So I gotta, I gotta go to Plan B. I'm gonna be scrambling here, but I'll oh. figure it out. Okay. Good luck with that. I mean. I don't know that I can help you with that problem, but uh, <laughs> thank you very much, and we will talk to you again tomorrow morning. Thanks, Jets. Thank you very much. There he goes, Jeremiah Bates, Tree City Advisors. Short break. News is on the way. KBOI News Time, seven twenty-six. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI.
KBY News time is 7.34. It's cold outside. Yeah, it is. 11. 11. 11 degrees in downtown Boise. Probably not much better where you are. Uh, an 800-page report set to be released today, which originally I had heard uh, was supposed to be released on Monday and then heard it was supposed to be released Wednesday, and now it's Thursday. Ah, gotcha. Uh, An 800-page report set to be released today by House investigators will conclude that then-President Donald Trump criminally plotted to overturn his 2020 election defeat and, quote, provoked his supporters to violence, unquote, at the Capitol with false claims of widespread voter fraud. The resulting January 6, 2021 insurrection of Trump's followers threatened democracy with horrific brutality toward law enforcement and put the lives of American lawmakers at risk. Uh, reading that from the actual language here, that's uh, according to the report's executive summary, which mm-hmm. came out and was, uh, for a summary, was about 100 pages long. The, uh, the central cause of January 6th was one man, they say, former President Donald Trump, who many others followed. Uh, none of the events of January 6th would have happened without him, they say. Ahead of the report's release, the committee uh, yesterday released 34 transcripts from the 1,000 interviews it conducted over the last 18 months. Most of those uh, released are of witnesses who invoked their Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. Hmm. That'd be an interesting transcript, wouldn't it? I invoke the fifth. I invoke the fifth. I invoke the fifth. The report's eight chapters of findings will largely mirror nine hearings this year that presented evidence from the private interviews and millions of pages of documents. They tell the story, they say, of Trump's extraordinary and unprecedented campaign to overturn his defeat and his pressure campaign on state officials, the Justice Department, members of Congress, and his own vice president to change the vote. And I get the feeling from the, hmm. uh, I get the feeling from the uh, tenor of it that they, they don't approve. I mean, I, I knew that's what the report from the january 6th commission was going to say and i think we all kind of had an idea we didn't know to what end when the whole deal started but we knew that at some point they were going to say hey the guy that's responsible is 45 (laughs) and we should do something about that to make sure it doesn't ever happen again we we knew that's what it was going to say i said the summary was about 100 pages the summary is 154 pages so that's the summary. To, to summarize an 800-page <laughs> report, they issued a 154-page report. That's the cliff notes. It's uh, yeah. 737. Day from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Casper and Chris, sans Casper this morning. Yeah, Rick, you know, Rick it'd be nice if he came and uh, hung out with us, but... Rick Worthington is uh, sitting in, as he has been the last few days. <laughs> NASA's uh, InSight mission has ended after more than four years of collecting unique science on Mars. Their what mission? Their InSight mission. InSight. Got mm-hmm. it, got it, got it. Mission controllers at the agency's uh, Jet Propulsion Laboratory, or JPL, in Southern California at the Caltech, as a matter of fact, were unable to contact the lander after two consecutive attempts, leading them to conclude the spacecraft's solar-powered batteries have run out of energy, and therefore the project is over. Apparently, if it were still running, the project would still be going on. Well, I mean, as NASA goes, I always worry about 
the amount of funding that NASA is going to get. I mean, I realize there's a Space Force now, and I kind of felt like when Space Force started, that that was going to take over NASA's budget and that it would all kind of go into Space Force. That seems to not be the case right now. I don't really know why that is. I thought maybe they would just militarize NASA. You know how uh, every couple of years they they uh, uh, arrest a uh, generally a firefighter and charge him with setting fires. Yeah, so, so he'll make yeah. money. Uh, a volunteer fire department administrator and former nine one one dispatcher in Ohio admitted setting at least twenty four fires uh, using just a lighter to quote give the boys something to do unquote, and to distract himself from depression, James Bartels was arrested this week. He was charged with setting fires in the Wayne National Forest over a period of several months. I thought we were going to see more, uh, not firefighters, but I thought we were going to see more people charged with setting fires. Uh, Summer before last, when we had all those fires that were in Oregon, and they said there were so many of them that were started by people that were ticked off about what was going on right. there in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, we didn't see it, but I thought we would. I thought there would be more people charged with that. 7.45 time for sports. It's brought to you by the Pork Belly in downtown Cuna. If you're ready for something a little different, swing in. They have amazing espresso. They have food with a twist. They're open every day, 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. It's the Pork Belly in downtown Cuna. Take our word for it. Head over there today and give them a try. Boise State basketball, well, we've got a game today. And the Broncos are 10-2 and heading into the last non-conference game of the season at Santa Clara. Again, that's later on today. Bob Beeler with more on that now. Boise State has been winning with Marcus Shaver Jr. out with an injury, missing three of the last four games. The 6-2 senior is the team's leading scorer, rebounder, and assister with 15 points, 7.5 rebounds, and four assists a game. Coach Rice was asked about Shaver's status. I'm trying to get out of no shave December as quick as I can. And same with him. He's trying to get out, too. You don't want it to be lingering for the next two months, either. He's close. He's real close. Broncos face Santa Clara, followed by Nevada next week to open Mountain West play. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. Can't wait for that game. Again, that's a little later on this afternoon here on News Talk KBOI. Uh, I was looking through the big stuff with college football yesterday, National Signing Day. There were some guys that flipped, as we told you, like that Oregon quarterback, that number three ranked quarterback overall that flipped. I uh, decided to go to UCLA instead of Oregon, and that set off a, a domino effect on who was going to go where. Um, yeah, Georgia, not surprising. Number one or two recruiting yeah. class, depending on who you ask. Alabama with the number one recruiting class again. Usually, yeah. The, the best quarterback in the whole deal, everybody says, is Arch Manning. Arch Manning, yeah, that Manning family. It's Cooper Manning's son, Uncle Peyton Manning, Uncle Eli Manning, Arch Manning signed with the Longhorns yesterday. Grandfather Archie Manning. Yeah, who is also, you know, pretty dang good. Mm -hmm. Or was at one point. He was. He would have been, uh, he would have had a better legacy except that he uh, He played for the Saints. Played for the Saints back when they were the Aints, basically. KBY News Time is 747. 
Get 670KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 7.53 on this uh, Thursday morning, December 22nd. Yesterday would have been my uh, grandmother's 109th birthday, but she stopped celebrating at 81. <laughs> okay, well. I, I The reason I say that, one year, I uh, just happened to mention we had a general manager named Kevin, and uh, I uh, said to him one day, I said, hey, today's my, uh, and it was a different grandmother, my other one. Mm-hmm. I said, today's my grandmother's 103rd birthday. And, and I, I was not trying to make a joke. I was just talking, you know, right. just making conversation. And he goes, well, that's incredible. And uh, I said, yeah, I mean, we don't celebrate anymore since she died so long ago. <laughs> well, <laughs> what did he I, say I to ju- you? I was just telling him that she was born, you know, 103 years before, but she died when she was 85. I wasn't saying she was still alive. Right. But he thought I was, you know, uh, giving him a hard time and. You know, uh, he seemed a tad angry. Maybe he oh. was playing. I don't know. Oh. But I wasn't trying to be a smart aleck, uh, smart aleck or anything. It just came out that way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I... Um, Making conversation. Right. Right. I get you. You know, I I can appreciate you in numbers, especially. Mm-hmm. I mean, baseball statistics more than anything else. Chris Walton t- takes it, folks. Misspent, Believe me. But m- misspent youth. I cannot remember my... Both my grandparents had passed. Mm-hmm. I could not tell you when their birthdays were. Mm. I mean, I did know at the time. I had it well, written on my calendar, you, but you, you since, don't. You don't have to call them or anything now. So no, you know, no, really no. I, and my grandfather's as well. I, I, I do know one of my grandfather's birthday. I have it mm-hmm. memorized because he tried to bribe us a nice little cash payout to make sure that our first son was born. On his birthday, because it was, you know, it was lining up that it was going to be somewhere around the same week or within two weeks. He's like, hey, if you have it on April 26th, you know, there might be a little bonus in there for you. So, and sure enough, we did have his birthday on the 26th. He was born on my grandfather's birthday. So that's why I know that one. But the rest of them, I I just can't remember for the life. I mean, did he change his will that day or? (laughs) No. (laughs) No. Francisco Palacios waited for four hours with his wife and uh, three-year-old daughter at a border crossing between uh, Tijuana and San Diego early yesterday before going to a nearby hotel for a three-hour nap. They came back, bags packed, only to be disappointed again. But the family from the western Mexican city of Morelia is prepared to wait for the U.S. Supreme Court to decide whether and when to lift pandemic-era restrictions that have prevented many from seeking asylum according to Palacios. We'll talk about that coming up. It is 7.56. In Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. We have a damn near impossible question coming up in about 30 minutes. Uh, Well, not 20 20 minutes. It's 20 minutes from now. Not 30. Sorry about that. The Casper and Chris damn near impossible question at uh, at that time when you are prompted to do so. Uh, call 208-336-3700. Don't call now. And you will be playing for a $50 gift card to Biscuit and Hogs. 
plus a Mannheim steamroller CD and some hot cocoa mix. Uh, that's how we. That's how we know it's Christmas around here. Are we giving away a hot cocoa mix? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Uh, brought to you Simmons. by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, opening doors to the world for all your real estate needs. Call 208-888-4128. The question this morning, in response to the energy crisis in the 70s, President Gerald Ford announced the creation of what on this date in 1975? And it still exists. What oh, he, it does. What, what was created. That was 47 years ago. Okay. You're looking for that answer for mm-hmm. me. Again, the number 208-336-3700. Don't call yet, though. We'll... We'll call four calls uh-huh, in about uh, 18 <laughs> to 19 minutes, roughly. News on the way here in just a couple of minutes as well. Um, and we'll try and catch you up on what is happening with the weather today. It's maybe a little snow tomorrow. Uh, too too cold for it to be rain. KBY News Time. It's 8 o'clock. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. It's 8.07. I was mentioning uh, that guy, Francisco Palacios. Francisco. He waited for four hours with his wife and his three-year-old daughter at a border crossing. Uh, between Tijuana and San Diego. It's the only border crossing I've ever been to uh, in Mexico. Um, That was early yesterday before ending up going to a nearby hotel for a three-hour nap in Tijuana, by the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, They uh, came back, bags packed, only to be disappointed again. The family from western uh, Mexico, uh, from the city of Morelia, is prepared to wait for the U.S. Supreme Court to decide whether and when to lift pandemic-era restrictions that have prevented many from seeking asylum. Uh, Palacios said, uh, we don't have a choice, explaining that his family arrived in Tijuana two weeks ago to escape violence and gangs that extorted them for years for a chunk of their income, uh, and all they did was sell fruit on a street cart, but the, uh, wow. the, the gang wanted a chunk of that. Uh, they're among thousands of migrants gathered along the Mexican side of the border, and you can argue with the word migrants, but it's just a description here. Uh, there are people who are migrating, mm-hmm. uh, camping outside or packing into shelters as the weather grows colder. The limits sure. on border crossings had been set to expire yesterday before uh, some states sought the top court's help to keep them in place. The Biden administration asked the court to lift the restrictions, but not before Christmas. It's not clear when the court's decision will come. The uh, Texas National Guard took up positions in El Paso at the request of the state of Texas, while volunteers and law enforcement officers worried that uh, some crossing the border could succumb to the cold. Nighttime temperatures have been in the 30s there and will be even colder in coming days. The Roman Catholic Diocese of El Paso, where nighttime temperatures could drop into the 20s this week, plan to open two more shelters for up to 1,000 people at uh, area churches. Jorman Mori is a 38-year-old mechanic. He is from Venezuela. He warmed his hands by a campfire with a half dozen other migrants on the southern side of the Rio Grande. He said he was waiting for a decision on the restrictions before attempting to cross into the U.S. Other uh, others, uh, other would-be crossers waded through shallow waters toward a gate in the border fence. I want them to decide on the public health rule known as Title 42, Maury said. He arrived six weeks ago in Juarez, just you know, across the border from El Paso. Yeah. 
he now uh, rarely eats after exhausting his savings. Um, Hundreds of uh, people wanting to cross the border remain in line in Juarez. Others have been sleeping along the concrete embankments of the Rio Grande rather than uh, swimming in. As uh, crowds gathered on the riverbanks, uh, First Sergeant Suzanne Ringle said one woman went into labor and was assisted by Border Patrol agents. She added that many children were among the crowd. In Tijuana, an estimated 5,000 are staying in more than 30 shelters and many more renting rooms and apartments. Layered razor-topped walls rising 30 feet along the border with San Diego make the area a bit daunting for illegal crossings. Funny how razor wire can do that to a person, make yeah. them stay away. Yeah. A uh, mood of resignation prevailed in uh, a place called the Agape Shelter in Tijuana, which housed 560 predominantly Mexican migrants on Wednesday. Maracruz Martinez, who arrived with her 13-year-old daughter five weeks ago after fleeing violence in uh, Mihuaca, said rumors were rampant that... Uh, those wanting to cross the border should line up at the border crossing to San Diego on Monday. They never know exactly what they're supposed to do because they would have to ask U.S. officials and you know, you they can't really the, do they're that. on the other side. Yeah. Albert Rivera, the pastor and shelter director, convened a meeting to tell people uh, that they should only trust official U.S. sources. He convinced uh, most occupants but said he would like the U.S. government to provide more detailed updates. Or that, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm thinking they could just throw a paper airplane with the well, word no on it. Can we agree that all those folks on the other side of the border that want to come into the United States, I mean, I understand that they're all looking for a better life and for very legitimate reasons. But Because that, their current one isn't that great? Well, yeah. I mean, not to make too light of a, a, a very difficult situation, yeah, they're, they're, their problems are many. The issue is great, and at the same time, I would like to see folks be allowed to cross the border. I would really like them to do it legally, and I would really like the United States to come up with a better plan in order to host some of this. You know, we were talking about the situation yesterday in news, Chris. It was all about the new ag bill that mm-hmm. they were trying to get passed and how there were there were more visas that were on the table specifically for agriculture. Yeah, for people who work in agriculture. And that there's just no shot that they were going to get this ag bill pushed forward that would really be vital to places like Idaho where there is so much agriculture and so many migrant workers that are needed. Yeah, California too. California as well, but also very, very much Idaho. It's like every big agriculture company in idaho that could sign on to back a bill like that has done so dairy farmers association idaho potato uh, uh, growers association i mean you name it if you're in agriculture everybody's signing on for that uh, listen to this resume yeah a mexican woman who was staying at that previously mentioned shelter with her husband and 11 year old son uh, she declined to give her name because, according to her, she's being pursued by a gang. Oh, no. She said that she fled her village of about uh, 40 people in uh, Mehuaca after a gang forced her brother to join. Then they ultimately killed him, and then they uh. burned her house down. The last straw, I, that would have been the last straw for me, but the last straw came after the gang forced her 15-year-old son to join them under threat of killing the family and demanded that her husband also join 
sending photos of chopped limbs as a message of the price of resistance. Yeah, not ideal. KBOI News Time is 814. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. And it's 824 News Talk KBOI. Again, Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper today, along with Chris Walton. Our damn near impossible question. All right, give us the question one more time before we get to the phones. Okay, the question. In response to the energy crisis of the 1970s, President Gerald Ford announced the creation of what on this date in 1975, December 22nd? All right. $50 gift certificate on the line to Biscuit and Hogs. Plus a few extras. How do I say it? Bibiana? I want to make sure I got it right. Bibiana, you're up first. Thanks for calling us this morning. Bibiana, how are you? I'm doing great, guys. Good. Glad to hear it. How old are you? I guess that was rude. I shouldn't have asked that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll put it this way. Were you around in 1975 when Gerald Ford did this? I was around. Yes, I was. All right. What is it? The Energy Policy Conservation Act. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and give you that. What he actually created was the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, but that's how he did it. So yes, oh, okay. that is a correct. Answer. Okay, so way to be smarter than the than the question today, <laughs> Bibiana. I was going to accept either one, I, but uh, so well done. Check out the big brain on the, Bibiana uh, today. The Strategic Petroleum <laughs> Reserve, by the way, consists of underground tanks that are in Texas and Louisiana. And it can hold 714 million barrels of petroleum. Right now, it's holding about 387 million barrels. All right. So it's just about half of what it could be. Nice job, Bibiana. We're going to put you on hold. We're going to get some information from you, and then we'll uh, make sure that you get that gift card. Congratulations. For the rest of you guys, we'll have an opportunity again tomorrow. We are not here next week, so there'll be no winning during (laughs) the week after Christmas. But, uh, you know. Folks got to take a break at some point. We're all getting a chance to take a break. Mm-hmm. Can't can't be angry about that. But uh, again, chance to win tomorrow morning for the damn near impossible question. KBOI News Time eight twenty seven. For your Google Play, simply say, "Hey Google, play six seventy KBOI." Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. It is eight thirty nine. On this uh, Thursday, December 22nd, very, very close to Christmas. If you haven't started your shopping yet. Well, um, you're in big-ass yeah, trouble. You might not have any money. <laughs> um, we had been talking, or I had been talking about uh, people waiting to cross the border. There are currently restrictions on how many people can cross the border based on COVID. And the uh, Biden administration has asked the Supreme Court to rule on, uh, or the, basically the Biden administration just wants to end this, mm-hmm. you know, not have the, that rule anymore. And there are those who have uh, asked the Supreme Court to rule that it can't be ended. And so that's all kind of up in the air right now. And there are a lot of people lining up at the border who would uh, like to get into the U.S. Yes. Especially as a Christmas present, I think. <laughs> Somebody who... Uh, wrote their name as border fix but of course that's just the uh the title uh here or the subject 
says, why can't these immigrants just unite and stay where they are? We have just as bad places here in the USA, and the people in the hood don't move. They unite. There is power in numbers. Has anybody put up any thought into taking Mexico and erasing the border altogether? If we take Mexico, I don't think some drug dealers and gangs would be much of a match for our own police and military, if needed. I can't imagine Mexico has a very strong army, but maybe I am wrong. It's a solution for big problems. Uh, unfortunately, it's sort of very close to the Russian solution for big problems. They inv- yeah. invaded Ukraine because simply they just want it, or Putin wants it. Yeah. And we can't really do that to Mexico. It's not something the United States... Uh, it's just not something we do. You know, we're, we're not we don't going invade. To, we're not going to. We're uh, not. We're not try to tell any other country that uh, they belong to us. I mean, there was a time, sure, but n- no longer. Well, I, I understand the thought of, you know, we we have to, you know, do big things in order to create solutions to very big issues, but. Mm-hmm. You don't ideally, cut off your nose despite your yeah, face either. Ideally, you know? ideally, if you uh, live in a place and you're unhappy with the conditions, you will do something to change it. Uh, it takes a little time, but people, when they get together, often can. You can't necessarily do that uh, in a place like Russia, however, or North Korea, where uh, you have a, kind of a totalitarian government. Uh, Kent wrote in to say reports lately indicate that most illegals are able-bodied males, which is why the uh, farm... Uh, where the farmers don't mind if they come over. If these people don't like where they came from, they need to stay back in their countries and look for ways to change it, give them classes that teach who Paul Revere was and who the Minutemen were and how they went about securing their freedom from suppression. Let them know that uh, somewhere within their masses is their version of George Washington and the history books are awaiting stories on their con- conquest from tyranny. Hmm. Again, it, it, it. I mean, yeah, it sounds like a great solution if it, if it's possible to do, but it's not nearly as easy as it is just to say it. Well, the idea of taking Mexico is. I mean, I think it. There's more problems involved in taking Mexico than what the border problem offers to us right now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, trying to turn around. There's all these things you got to do in order to incorporate a country the size of Mexico into the United States. Consider that for a moment. Well, you the education kind of, kind of issue would be nice is, if Mexico gave permission. Sure. Well, I, I mean the education issue. Number one, you're going to have to give rights to all the people who are in Mexico, the same as they are here in the United States. So you're going to have to educate all the kids. You're going to have to provide benefits. You're going to have to provide benefits for another 50, and you're going to have to include million people. Yeah. Uh, the amount of poverty that's already in Mexico, you've, you're going to have to take on all that as well. And yeah, taking Mexico doesn't make a whole ton of sense in those terms. Yeah. It, uh, it's, it's kind of a case of, you know, watch out what you ask for. You might just get it. it right. If if you want Mexico to be part of the U.S., then, you know, any problems that come along uh, will have to be part of that. Uh, a Mexican uh, man. Here's just the other thought, Chris, okay. uh, just to follow that line of reasoning. Okay, you, you take the border, 
and you incorporate Mexico, now you've got another border that lines up with another South American country. What are you going to do there? You're going to have mm-hmm. the same problem. Yep. A, uh, I'm talking about the people who are lined up waiting to get into the United States in uh, Juarez and, and Tijuana. Uh, a Mexican man who asked that he be identified by his first name only, and his, that was Brian, uh, for safety reasons, said his refusal to join a gang after seven years in the Army prompted him to flee his home in the uh, state of Guerrero in Mexico with his wife and two sons two months ago. He avoids leaving the shelter except for quick shopping trips. He's been in the shelter for two months. Mm-hmm. He said he applied for an exemption to the asylum ban. Uh, desperate, sad, he said when describing his thoughts when he learned that Title 42 would be extended beyond Wednesday. It's dangerous because you don't know who could be following you. Under Title 42, officials have expelled asylum seekers inside the United States uh, 2.5 million times and turned away most people who requested asylum at the border on grounds on grounds of preventing the spread of COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Immigration advocates have said the restrictions go against American and international obligations to people fleeing to the U.S. to escape persecution. I know there are some people that say, what obligation? Right. (laughs) And that the pretext is outdated as coronavirus treatments improve. They sued to end the use of Title 42. A federal judge sided with them in November and set the December 21st deadline. Conservative-leaning states appealed to the Supreme Court, warning that an increase in migration would take a toll on public services and cause an unprecedented calamity that they said the federal government had no plans to deal with. In response, Chief Justice John Roberts issued a temporary order to keep the restrictions in place. The federal government then asked the Supreme Court to reject the state's effort while also acknowledging that ending the restrictions abruptly will likely lead to disruption and a temporary increase in unlawful border crossings. Uh, states filed a response early Wednesday, arguing that letting the restrictions expire while the court reviews the lower court decision would cause immediate, severe, and irreversible harms to the states. Though the Wednesday expiration date was set weeks ago, the U.S. government asked for more time to prepare while saying that it has sent more resources to the border. About 23,000 agents are deployed to the southern border, according to the White House. The Biden administration said it has sent more Border Patrol processing coordinators and more surveillance and has increased security at ports of entry. And a lot of people have said, well, why didn't they just send Biden? <laughs> well, there's uh, yeah. Yeah, there's that. Again, more lots, to lots of problems. If, if you'd like to be part of the conversation, 208-336-3700, and uh, we'll be back for, with more. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. It's 8.52. It's Casper and Chris. We've been uh, talking about migrants lining up at the border waiting to get into the U.S. who currently cannot because of COVID restrictions. Uh, Border Fix 2 writes in and says it would not have to be violent. Maybe we could encourage Mexico to hand over Mexico and live and enjoy our protection and justice system. We could divide it into states and everybody could flourish. Again, I don't think that's what the Mexican people want. Uh, the official names well, of countries. a lot of them, like, too, <laughs> based okay, on the number of people coming over. The, I mean, official, I get that. the official names of countries. Uh, 
in the world, the the majority of them are called Republic, like Republic of, and then the name of the country. Sure. Republic of Nicaragua, Republic of Honduras, Republic of Guatemala. Uh, some are just their name, like Jamaica is just Jamaica. Grenada is just Grenada. Bermuda, just Bermuda, even though Bermuda is still a, uh, a British protectorate. Sure. Uh, Canada, they're the Dominion of Canada, but most of them are just Republic. Republic of Cuba, Republic of Costa Rica. Sure. Mexico... The official name of Mexico is the United Mexican States. They huh. are already divided into states. Like they, uh, I mean, the the problem with Mexico in general is that Mexico is corrupt, as corrupt as corrupt gets. It's corrupt through government. It's corrupt through gangs. It's corrupt through uh, any number of different ways. I mean, it's it's the corruption that needs to get fixed. Yeah, and. I mean, I don't know how the United States could chip in to make those things better in order to not have all the problems that Mexico has. But therein lies the biggest problem with Mexico is the corruption that exists on a widespread scale through the entire country, yeah. as, uh, as I see it. Frank writes in and says the United States does not invade its neighbors to take their land. That being said, something to look at might be invest in Mexico. We like to buy all kinds of cheap things from China. Maybe we should look at helping our neighbor to the south create jobs so we can still have uh, inexpensive goods and bring our neighbors along with us. We do buy a lot of stuff from Mexico. Unfortunately, some of it is drugs. Uh, we, If we stop buying those, that might be a good start. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't have great answers clearly for you know what we're talking about with Mexico. I would love for us to... Um, have better things in place to to help out, but right now, I mean, clearly the the issue at hand is that so many people that live in Mexico can't flourish and want a better life in the United States and are getting here by any means necessary. Kent says, "Why are you only addressing the uh, country of Mexico when you consider illegal immigrants? These people are coming from a large variety of countries, but making their way through Mexico." It does not mean Mexico is the only problem country, which they are in many ways, but extends to many Central American countries and other nations like Haiti, Cuba, and Mideastern nations. Send these able-bodied people back and wish them luck in fixing their situation back home. The reason mm-hmm. we're concentrating, I guess, on Mexico is simply because our only southern border is with Mexico, and therefore anybody coming into the U.S. or the southern border is coming from Mexico, regardless of, of their country of origin. Uh, and also... If Mexico uh, were different, maybe they would all decide to seek refuge in Mexico and stay there, but they're not. They're all coming to the U.S. So, yes, they are from all sorts of countries all over the world, uh, but we mention Mexico simply because that's the country we have to deal with when we deal with border issues. Sure. But uh, as far as individual people, yeah, uh, it, there's a variety. And uh, quickly, here we have about a minute. John says invading another country seems like a simple solution. But if you look at history, these events always fail, no matter who the perpetrator is. Yes, it may seem to work initially, but the locals always unite and resist the invaders, typically making things uh, really bad for the invading country and even going as far to attack well within the invading country's borders. To stop is... uh, uh, to stop the invading, uh, the invading country needs to capitulate and go back to ground zero. 
the you know, there there was a time when you know people said the sun never sets on the British Empire because they had taken over countries all over the world, which they for the most part ended up giving back. Right. All good points. Mm-hmm. All very good points. If you'd like to uh, be part of the conversation this morning, two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred. We'll continue after the top of the hour. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred. And uh, we'll be taking your calls uh, about this and a few other subjects as well. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Talking a little bit about migration right now or immigration or illegal immigration. Uh, Whatever the... uh, preferred term is for you certainly is a problem though uh official i mean officially they, they are just i mean no matter whether it's legal or illegal people are migrants because they are migrating and that's that's uh, all there is to it but uh the story I'll, I'll reset it just a bit here francisco palacios waited for four hours with his wife and three-year-old daughter at a border crossing between tijuana and san diego early wednesday before going to a nearby hotel for a three-hour nap Uh, They came back, bags packed, only to be disappointed again. But the family from the western Mexican city of Morelia is prepared to wait for the U.S. Supreme Court to decide whether and when to lift pandemic-era restrictions that have prevented many from seeking asylum, according to Palacios. We don't have a choice, he said, explaining that his family arrived in Tijuana two weeks ago to escape violence and gangs that extorted them for years for a chunk of their income because what did they have? Did they have a, mm-hmm. a jewelry store? No, they had a street cart where they sold fruit. Oh, my gosh. And uh, the gang even wanted part of that. They're among thousands of migrants gathered along the Mexican side of the border, camping outside or packing into shelters as the weather grows colder. At issue is the, uh, uh, the fact that the United States has in place right now uh, a rule called Title 42, and uh, Title 42... Uh, has uh, allowed officials to expel asylum seekers inside the U.S. uh, 2.5 million times and uh, turn away most people who request asylum at the border on the grounds of preventing the spread of COVID-19. You know, you you can't just have anybody coming in from any country because they could bring in more COVID. Right. Immigration advocates have said the restrictions go against American and international obligations to people fleeing to the U.S. to escape persecution and that the pretext is outdated as coronavirus treatments improve. They sued to end the use of Title 42. These are immigration advocates. A federal judge sided with them in November, and the December 21st deadline to get rid of Title 42 was set. Uh, Other states appealed to the Supreme Court, warning that an increase in migration would take a toll on public services and cause an unprecedented calamity that they said the federal government had no plan to deal with. And in response to that, Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, John Roberts, issued a temporary order to keep the restrictions in place. The government then asked the Supreme Court to reject the state's efforts, while the federal government did, while also acknowledging that ending the restrictions abruptly will likely lead to disruption and a temporary increase in unlawful border crossings. Everybody seems to think it's a a problem, but uh, there are just many things that people want to do about it. Some people don't want to do anything about it. Idaho boy writes in and says, Mexico won't have its revolution until we enforce our border and existing laws. 
the Mexican government helps its people get across to us because we are a revolution pressure relief valve. Securing our border is the best thing we could do for the Mexican people. In the long run, they need to have their American revolution. Also note, we can have annexed all of Mexico to be part of the U.S. after the Mexican-American War. However, we took Texas, everything north and west of it, and paid off Mexico's war debt. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Basically, New Mexico, Arizona, uh, part of Nevada, California, uh, Texas, all used to be part of Mexico. That's correct. But uh, not anymore. Yeah, we we changed that in a big, hard hurry. Um, I, I realize that the issue with our southern border is bad right now. Mm-hmm. How has the border wall that, it, that didn't get finished... How has that affected uh, illegal immigration? Has it has it worked in areas where the where the wall was built? And I suppose it depends on who you ask. Uh, I th- I think that there are more arrests now than there used to be. Okay, that's good. But there are plenty, I think. But there are plenty of people who say that's just simply because there are more people coming across. That's so you're bound to have more arrests if mm-hmm. you're still arresting people. Right. Uh, I I don't know to tell you the truth. They, I don't think there are any set statistics about it simply because you know the people who do make it don't announce the fact that they're well, here. I think the the thought is that okay the border wall would help in the areas where it was built but that because it wasn't finished they would just go around. Even that's if that's a hundred miles, yeah, two hundred miles, you're just gonna go around. Bit of a hike, but yeah. So if if the border wall is working, great. Maybe finishing the wall while not popular, but if it would if it would do the job, then maybe that's a, a really good idea. Legal nightmare, if that is your real name, as Casper says every day, um, <laughs> says just wait until certain people have a problem with the illegal immigrants at home. Where in my case, I have lived worry free for decades. They are untouchable in our court system and have the upper hand as far as rights go. I was raised that ignorance is no excuse to break the law, but that does not apply to these illegal foreign nightmares. Uh, They are not untouchable in the court system. They do not have the upper hand as far as rights go because we recognize their human rights, but not their rights as citizens. There is a difference. It may seem like they do because uh, so many people end up in the United States, but... That you know, that still is our policy. We do still take people from other countries here. I see. Uh, James or Jim, that is, has written in on a different subject. He says yesterday the January sixth committee released more than thirty transcripts of testimony from witnesses, including Alex Jones, Michael Flynn, Roger Stone, Nick Fuentes, John Eastman, and Jeffrey Clark. Really, uh, who Trump tried to install as Attorney General all took the Fifth Amendment protection to almost all questions. Some were ridiculous. Roger Stone, former Trump campaign manager, pleaded the Fifth when asked about his age and where he lived. Roger Stone. Clark took the Fifth 120 times, including when asked if he had worked at the Justice Department. Took the Fifth, huh? uh, On January 6, 2021, which he did. Yeah. Uh, Eastman took the fifth to all 155 questions they handed him, including confirming that he wrote documents with his signature on them. In other words, they, they showed him documents that has his, his signature and said, Is Did this you your write signature? This? And he said, I, <laughs> I, I, I plead the fifth. Well, as, uh, and then Jim says, as Donald Trump said in 2016, if you're innocent, why are you taking the fifth? 
I'll take the Fifth Amendment to that. And that's you know, I, I, Jim uh, I'm not, I'm not crazy about uh, Roger Stone is not a guy that uh, I would defend in in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Alex Jones is maybe the biggest dirt bag on the planet. I'd call him worse, but we get in trouble for doing things like that. He, uh, those two guys, I, I wouldn't. He had, uh, he had to pay Twin Falls some money. Yes, he did. Sure did. He's not done paying money by any long shot. Well. He might be done because he doesn't have it. He says. Right. Just because you are declaring bankruptcy doesn't mean you have no money. Just saying. There's also a difference there. By the way, Lee Joe is on the line. I should take that call. Lee Joe, thanks for calling us on News Talk KBUI. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Back to the, uh, back to the uh, immigration discussion. And... In the Constitution, there is a method by which a state may petition to join the United States, and Mexico can do that. They could, you know, each state in Mexico could decide, hey, I would rather be part of the United States, and then start going through the process. And then you guys were talking about, oh, but then we'd have to give them their rights. Well, that's not exactly how that works. God already gave them their rights the same as we have our rights. Human rights, yeah. It's you know, the, you know, the rights given by God. Unalienable. The uh, yeah, unalienable rights exist for them, too. Among those are the right to vote. So, I mean, they they can do, they can join in if they want to. And, um, and the way you guys talk about it is, though, you know, East Germany and West Germany are now Germany again. This would be kind of the same thing. The, the uh, low-income brother or you know and uh and the, it's easily done if we wanted to do it and, and i don't know that easily is the right to way to to say that it, it, it's been done in the past it's not that hard you know a little bit of i mean how much money do we already give away for this and that and the other thing you know uh, some training for their police on what you know on constitutional protections and then and then going in and just absolutely rooting out the massive corruption that happens in third world countries, you know, which can be rooted out. Um, you know, it, well, well, we got plenty of our own corruption. I guess, I guess we change the corruption to more legal corruption is what it would be. Now, you know, all, like all, that, does. all that having been said, there have been no Mexican states that have petitioned to become part of the U S so far. Yeah, exactly. No, that, you know, and we can start that conversation with them. Here, we'll give you, here's a billion bucks if you want to start a petition to join the United States. And that would be a heck of a lot cheaper than, uh, than walls and walls and walls and all the other stuff. And, and then guess what you got? You have a whole population that's ready to work and with a, without a bunch of, uh, hopefully, without as much, I should say, graft and corruption once you go in there and, and, uh, and, just increases our economic base. This well, is, I, I'll give you that, a, a one reason why maybe that's not going to work. And but I, I respect the, your 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 thoughts on this. I'll just tell you that for agriculture specific, one of the reasons why agriculture workers come in and take a wage, and why farmers are willing to take folks that may not be on the legal side it's because they'll work for pennies on the dollar 
which well, is what keeps is your agriculture <laughs> costs of, you know, buying that lettuce and buying that fruit. And uh, it's what right. helps keep those prices down. That's why we like it so well, much. I, but if I, we start allowing, you know, to make them citizens at a historic rate, well, we have to pay them what we're supposed to pay them to begin with. And, you know, maybe That's, maybe our ag brothers out there don't, care for that idea as much just throwing well, that out our, there as a possibility our ag, our ag brothers out there um hire them because they have a work ethic as well and you, you can't find that on our gen whatever there ain't yeah. there's no white kids leaving this city to go out and pick potatoes tomorrow so it's 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 a whole massive culture of a work ethic and uh and an understanding of the uh you know, and generally, if despite what everybody says, they have a conservative uh, base as well. They're, you know, as a largely Catholic population, they have conservative ideals. And, uh, you know, the only problem is they have a corrupt government. And as a, as a people, they would be pretty easily integrated into the United States. And like I said, the work ethic thing, that's, you know, that's what America is supposed to be. It's not what it is anymore. And and people are talking about, oh, I'd lose my job and we'd have all this. Um, generally, they would probably like to stay home if things improved, wouldn't you think? Wouldn't they like to, you know, okay, now I have a stable government and, and, and I've got, uh, and we've got a bunch of North American, I mean, NAFTA was supposed to be that thing. Yeah, I got to let you run here because we're up against a break. Lee Joe, thanks very much for calling. I hate to cut you off there, but we do some, need to take some, a break here. Some probably would prefer to stay where they are, but others are moving just simply because they've never liked it. I bet. KBY News Times 918. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 923 on News Talk KBOI. Phone open for you right now at 208-336-3700. And since Kevin is waiting patiently, we'll put him on the line. Kevin, thanks for calling. How are you? Cold. Cold? I'm cold. <laughs> I'll out take here that. chopping ice out of water, Charles. Oh, no. Well, yeah, you know, I, I really, I enjoy when you do this show, so please don't ever quit hosting, but Please don't talk about things you don't know about. I mean, the, the agriculture and the farmer were rightfully blamed for a long time. But the day of the cheap labor is over. What's minimum wage right now? Federal minimum wage. I don't know. What is it? I believe it's 735 but I haven't paid it in 20 years. Um, when they started that H-2A visa program to bring people in to, to work, it was a federal ploy to change minimum wage because agriculture was exempt from it. And so what they did is they brought those workers in at a mandatory $15 an hour or somewhere around there. I don't have that, so I don't really know. But you also had to provide them with medical care, insurance, transportation to and fro Mexico, and housing. Guess what that did? Everybody else that's already here refuses to work for less. And the illegals will not work for less either. In fact, the illegals aren't even out here anymore because they're all young people and they want to work in the cities. So the only key left for agriculture is called, well, it's either that H2A, which the dairymen are screaming. They want cheap labor, 
but they they are not included in that H2A. So they they have to rely on illegals and they can't get them. So that's that's where your lo- loud noise is coming from. The largest lobby in Idaho is the dairymen. Sure. But the the problem the problem is everything in agriculture is going to have to mechanize. It's all going to be mechanized. And and we have the ability to do it. The dairies, the picking of fruits and vegetables. Israel's already designed almost every machine we need. Just people are too cheap to do it. I have seen but, some of that, but, yes. Now, I, I'll just, um, I need some clarification. Kevin, you're mm-hmm. at Caldwell, right? So when you say there's there's no more uh, illegals out here, you're talking about Caldwell. And, well, that doesn't seem to be the case. No, there's plenty of illegals. Well, heck, look what's coming across the border every day. But where are they going? They're going to work in the cities and construction, corporations. They're not going to work here anymore. There's no fear of anybody, repercussions from the government to come after your business for hiring somebody illegal. When's the last time somebody was prosecuted for for hiring illegals? It's been a decade. I mean, they just don't do it. So everybody will hire whoever's out there. And, uh, but the thing is, is the wage is not cheap anymore. It's the same wage for everybody. I mean, it's, it's the same. You can't get anybody to work wherever you are. And, and that's just a factor of life. I mean, sure. if people want to work or they get hungry. When the government quits giving handouts and people get hungry, they'll go to work. I did. You know, so, I graduated College of Idaho in the mid-80s, and I peeled potatoes in the graveyard shift at Simplot, and I had to lie to get hired there. <laughs> and that's what I did because I ran out of student loan deferments. I had yeah. no money. Yeah. So Kevin, just quit giving them money. Thank you very much for the call, by the way. I I would just point this out that I spoke about agriculture and it's not what all farmers had told me. I I used to do um, it was my side hustle. Mm -hmm. All right. This is my full time job. You worked in Sacra Tomato. I mean, excuse me, Sacra Pimento. Yeah. uh, Sacramento. But even when I was here, I had a little side hustle. I I reported for the Ag Information Network of the West. We Mm -hmm. we run some of their stuff at six o'clock in the morning just before we get on the air. Um, And so I did something called the Farm and Ranch Report. I did it for two years. Um, And in speaking with a number of different farmers, not just from Idaho, but from around Washington and Oregon and California and uh, some in Nevada as well, not to, to that extent very much. But there was a lot of migrant labor working for those people, working for, I say those people, those farmers, those ranchers, they hired a lot of migrant workers and they didn't always do it on the up and up. There were several in almost every farm that I talked to. They had people there that were not there legally and they were not paying them the wage that they would normally pay someone who was here legally. It was by and large under the table and no, I'm not going to out anybody, but yeah, they say it's, it's a problem. They're hiring people that were willing to do the work and they were willing to do it at a much lower wage and they weren't offering all the things that Kevin just talked about. Now, if they're doing it on the up and up, then they are offering exactly what Kevin was saying. And no, there are not a lot of prosecution of those things, but I'm telling you the practice is still out there. And that's why it doesn't cost $5 a, per tomato. That's how I which, see it. Which people who like tomatoes appreciate. Yeah. KBY News Time is 928. 
Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. KBOI News Times 935. I'd like to hear from you this morning, 208 336 3700. Let's see. Uh, this one's from Mark. It says, nice, heartfelt reading of individual stories of people waiting at the border. Did you fact check them? Where? What was your motivation for telling stories that cannot be confirmed to be true? Bias, maybe? What? Uh, Bias to what? Mark, first, as, as I said when introducing the story, it's a report from CNN. And my ability to verify the facts of the story really only extend as far as they themselves have verified them. The story here is that these are things that those waiting to cross the border have said while waiting. These are their stories. Uh, Feel free to believe them or not. Second, now what is your motivation for asking the question? Is it bias? I mean, or are you someone who lies so often that you automatically assume everyone else is lying every time they talk? Uh, Third, uh, I'm glad you wrote in. It's cold outside, and your instant message brings to mind a summer's eve. <laughs> Moving right along. But I, I, I can appreciate that you want to know Mark, right? Mm-hmm. I can appreciate, Mark, that you want to know if we're looking at, at all angles here. Um. I would uh, I would appreciate it if if you're going to accuse one of us of lying, at least tell us what you think we're not telling you. I mean, you're saying that these sad stories are not true. That's what he's saying, right? That there well, are not really any sad stories of people sitting at the border. No, he just and, wanted, and that's, he just, that's not true. He, he wants to know if they're verified stories. And I didn't say they were verified stories. I said that was the story from CNN. And I don't know that CNN necessarily verified them. But the story here isn't that these are all true stories. The story is that these are the stories that are being told by those who are I waiting see. to get into the country. I see. And the fact is there are a lot of people waiting to get in who are being turned away. I didn't mention whether I thought it was a good or bad thing. I just said it is, in fact, happening. Um, here's an instant message. Oh, this is about uh, the people testifying before Congress or refusing to. They are just playing the game put before them. Pleading the fifth is within their rights. Yes, it is. And and the guy who wrote in before that mentioned that, he simply uh, mentioned it in order to say that President uh, Trump back in 2016, before he was the president, had said, you know, I would only plead the fifth if I was guilty. Or, you know, why do that unless you're guilty? Uh, Paula writes in, and again, this is about the border. They are not illegal. They are legally asking for asylum. Contrary to what Casper keeps saying, there is no law requiring them to seek asylum. There is a first contact rule between countries that requires the first country they enter to process them. I see. That's from Paula. There's a story from uh, Reuters. Reuters. Thank you. You bet. It's a pretty solid news organization, though, right? 
Yeah, I, it's, it's it's okay if I read from them. I mean, that's not lying to anybody. It's I can it's, read it's, it's essentially the uh, European version of the Associated Press. Not exactly, but that's pretty close to what it is. It reads, a standoff over U.S. immigration policy stalled movement on a $1.66 trillion government funding bill in the Senate Thursday, raising the risk of a partial shutdown of federal agencies just days before the Christmas holiday. Progress on the bill, which includes $44.9 billion in wartime aid for Ukraine and bans the use of Chinese-owned social media app TikTok on federal government devices, halted after conservative Republican Senator Mike Lee introduced an amendment meant to slow immigration. The amendment would require the United States to maintain a policy known as Title 42, which we have discussed. Policy implemented under Republican former President Donald Trump at the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, which prevented hundreds of thousands of immigrants from seeking asylum. It grants border officials the ability to rapidly expel migrants to Mexico without a chance to seek asylum during public health emergencies. It's all we have been talking about. Not the same story, uh, but says the same thing. This, though, from Reuters as opposed to CNN. Mm -hmm. Border Fix 3 writes in to I mean this is the same person who's written in this this is just the third time because he was border fix border fix 2 now border fix 3 got it says uh this guy's line of thinking the caller we had earlier is yeah. right along with what I was saying it's not so far fetched as it seems the economy would equalize itself with time poo poo all you want but it's a good idea in the long run that was about basically annexing mexico right. or making a or, deal with them that they become part of the united states yeah. which as I've said, the it's not the, the craziest act, the thing actual, I've ever heard. But the actual uh, country of uh, Mexico has never expressed interest in becoming part of the United States, and I, <laughs> they, would, they would more than likely have to do I, so. I jokingly wonder. I wonder if it's harder for the United States to integrate Mexico, or if it's harder for Idaho to integrate Oregon. <laughs> as we continue to hear those stories about. You know, yeah, a large part of the Oregon. eastern side of Oregon wants to be part of Idaho, which mm-hmm. is going to take actually anything outside Portland seems to want to. Yes. Yes, it does. I mean, folks in Oregon are up to here with Oregon law. But the hoops they have to jump through, I mean, they could vote on it until they're blue in the face. Yeah. But ultimately, it comes down to what Washington thinks and. Washington isn't going to change the border. Yeah. They're just not going to. I, I would I would think it could be easier. But it's not. Well, if you are a conservative living in a, uh, a liberal-leaning state, then your um, choices are uh, vote or uh, give up or move. And yeah. and it's the same thing that people who are liberal are told in Idaho. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't like it here, your choices are vote, give up, sure, or move. Sure. Roseanne says, ho, 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 how many times growing up did you hear grandparents and parents say they don't want their kids to have to work as hard as they had to? Seems to me they got what they wished for because you don't hear that anymore. Ho, 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 Merry Christmas. Uh my my folks and grandparents never said it. They in, in they put your me, folks were teachers. Well, yeah, and and my my grandparents weren't, but they essentially, whenever possible, put me to work. My dad was a heavy equipment operator. Um, I went to work with him often, mm-hmm. so 
the end result is I could I could run the scraper, I can run the loader, I can drive the big truck. I uh, yeah, I have those skills, but I didn't want to do that. Yeah, I chose to not go into the family business, but to uh, seek to do other things. It's been better for my health. Um, you know, my old man, love him to death. But he beat his body up every single day mm-hmm. doing that work. You know, the the jumping and grinding yeah. and the, you know, just well, I had one grandfather, tore his body yeah, up. I had one grandfather who was a businessman, and I had one who was a farmer. And the one who was a farmer was considerably more weathered at a younger age than the mm-hmm. other. Uh, Tim wrote in, he says, hilarious. Republicans have found COVID restrictions they like. <laughs> well. Talking about Title 42. <laughs> Title 42 is working for something. Uh, Johnny, formerly Juan, that's, that's how he wrote his name, says, bless your listeners' hearts. Mexico doesn't want to be a part of the U.S. Most loathe Americans. They see us as lazy and gluttonous. We don't have a Mexico or South American problem at the border. We have a poverty problem. Uh, Mexico has the same issue with the poor coming in at their southern border. If we had uh, Qatar as neighbors, we would have problems. Cheers to Mexicans that get away with everything in our court system. They're living large on visas, food stamps, and welfare handouts. Bless you, Nathaniel. Sneezing over there quietly. I appreciate that. CJ says illegal labor is a form of servitude and is antithetical to the U.S. founding. Many of our issues with costs of food being cheap because of cheap illegal labor isn't a truth but a construct. The federal government does farmers dirty and has many ridiculous and ludicrous regulations. Add the fact that most farms are owned by large corporations. The lobbying plays into that as well. Simply put, we need to deregulate a lot and give a hard look on how things are done. That was. I think uh, a lot of farmers would... uh you know, look at that. <laughs> we would, yeah, they, they would really like for things to be easier on them. They would like the, the bring workers in legally. The visa program. I mean, it, here's, here's the problem. If you bring someone in and you train them to do a job and they do a good job, you would like to keep them in that job. Ideally. Ideally. Problem is. You've got a workforce that has to leave all the time. You can't keep that person in that job because they're not here legally. Or if they have a visa, that visa doesn't last forever. They have to go and reapply and reapply and and reapply. And if it doesn't go right, they got to leave. And so often, and occasionally because of necessity, the attitude of the employer is, you are a good worker. I would like to keep you in your current job for as long as possible and, of course, at the same salary the entire time. Yeah. But, again, that's yeah. because sometimes uh, of uh, just the way things are. Kevin says... It's not uh, like farmers are making tons of money. I mean, the farmers yeah. that I spoke to are, you know, like most farmers are. They're just trying to break even a lot of years. Kevin says, is delusional. That's a sentence, I guess. Illegals are getting taken advantage of every day in Caldwell, Marsing, Notice, Rupert, all of Idaho. Farmers do not follow laws. Kevin thinks the, oh, this is somebody reacting to Kevin. This person's name isn't Kevin. Kevin thinks the visa problem that started as the uh, Bracero program was a gift to seasonal laborers. 
Farmers handed out homes, insurance, fair wages like Oprah handing out cars. Ha! My father came in the 50s under that program, and a large uh, eastern Idaho farmer made him, 14 at the time, live in a train car with no plumbing during April through October in uh, 90-degree weather, plus 90-degree weather, the U.S. government. That was uh, the guy reacting to Kevin. Yeah. Well, Kevin clearly has an idea of what's happening in Caldwell, and he sees it one particular way. I think there are you know, plenty of others out there that don't see it the same. And I would, I would say, hey, if we have someone listening out there that uh, you know, might employ said illegals and can tell us firsthand, you know, we would be sure not to use your name. I would, I can't, just reach out <laughs> yeah. some of my contacts out there and, and put them on the air for, because I know they wouldn't like that very much. But, yeah, you guys know who you are. Give me a call and, and we'll talk about it a little bit. Fed Up says something being left out is the work ethic. The willingness to do a hard day's work is gone now for any amount of money. We have become lazy and entitled. That's a bigger problem than wages. I used to work at a pace few could keep up with. And that is what you used to get with the illegals, and they did good work, and we're proud of the accomplishment they did. American pride is gone. Remember when Made in America meant something and was sought after? I bet there are some youngsters that have no idea. Mm. I think Made in America still means something. American-made products, I don't think all workers are lazy. I don't feel that way. Joe says... All young workers are lazy either. I don't feel that way. Joe says, uh, you assume you may cherry-pick the questions to which to invoke the Fifth Amendment. That's untrue. The privilege can be easily waived, and a careful lawyer may find it appropriate to invoke the privilege as to the entire matter. So selecting a question to which the privilege has been invoked in seeking to point out apparent frivolity may be an interesting rhetorical device, but likely obfuscates what and why... It was happening. That's in response to the person who wrote in and said that, uh, for instance, the one guy refused to give his age because he was invoking the Fifth Amendment. Hey, Uh, it's their right. Bruce Bruce says, minus 10 in Loman this morning. What was it in in Stanley? It was minus 32 this morning. Good grief. Life's too short. We'll take a break. We'll take your calls when we come back. 208-336-3700. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. It's the reasonable facsimile of Casper and Chris this morning. (laughs) Hi, I'm Rick Worthington filling in for uh, Mike Casper today. And tomorrow, as it may turn out, we have uh, one more show before... We uh, take a nice little holiday for the mm-hmm. end of the year, and then call it Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little little break. Um, before we get out of here, um, I would like to just remind everybody that there are these major winter storms that have hit uh, a big stretch of the United States on on the East Coast mostly, and it has created some problems for people that are traveling. If you have a family member that's trying to get here for Christmas, or if you're going to see someone on the East Coast for Christmas or New Year's, um, check your flights. Not just here in Boise, but, I mean, 
who doesn't have a connecting yeah. flight that goes to Denver or Atlanta or, you know, one of those places. A hub, yeah. Yeah. Check um, check your check your jump from wherever you're headed to get to the next place. Salt Lake City, yeah. San Francisco, yeah. Minneapolis. Yeah, it's a big deal right now. Chicago. Uh, Bruce uh, from Loman, who wrote in to say that it was minus 10 in Loman, and then we mentioned it was, what, minus 32 in Stanley. Bruce yeah. wrote back to say, we all love Stanley, but I've always been glad I don't live there, especially today. <laughs> I got to say, man. That's pretty good when the guy who lives in 10 degrees below zero says, hey, the people in Stanley are crazy. By the way, it's still cold, 18 out here today. So, guys, enjoy your day. Hope you get your Christmas wrapping done. We'll see you again and try and do it better tomorrow. KBOI News Time, 956.